Welcome back to Newly Meds. Uh, we are so happy that you're here. Um, if you're new here, hi, I'm Heather. And I'm, I'm Quinn. Is that, I'm a nurse. Was that the wrong I say I'm a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> you really wanted to jump in there. I thought we were doing like a back and forth uh, okay. thing there. We need to plan that. Yeah. Before the- That's okay. <laughs> People prefer free form. It feels Do more they? natural. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It feels more natural. Okay, go. You okay. restart. So, doody doody. Okay, okay, go. Welcome, welcome to Newly Met. <laughs> um, yeah, welcome. Today we are going to be talking about interview tips to get the job yeah. as a new grad nurse, or you're interviewing to maybe go to NP school or medical school, or you are interviewing for residency, medical residency, or your first nurse job, or your fifth nurse job, whatever, it doesn't matter. Any healthcare job, these are really good tips, I think, that have helped us along the way. I know I've had three, no, over three, because I've worked a few per diem jobs, so I've had right. um, a couple different probably jobs. like six or seven interviews. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, I guess isn't a lot in the scheme of things, but I've only been a nurse for almost four years, so I guess that's quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, and then you have had a slew of interviews between yeah. medical school and residency. Right. Uh, so. And, um, you know, I, I, it's we're kind of talking about, you know, what, what topics should we go over? Because right now it's like kind of a weird period for us we're we're kind of like waiting for things to happen you know we have our move coming up i'm not in school at the moment which is a very strange thing to say well, you are I i'm mean, like technically explain. in school but i'm not explain i'm yourself. not I, I finished all of my med school requirements yeah. so i'm kind of just like waiting for graduation and obviously prepping for residency and doing all those things but um i'm not like in the hospital working at the moment so we're thinking you know what's something good we could talk about and I feel like interviews has been yeah. the past like year for yeah. both of us. Well, so. I'm in the process of interviewing. You're right interviewing now, now for jobs. I've been interviewing for yeah. months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and so it's May. No, it's April 30th today, and Quinn graduates May 17th. Yep. And then we're moving out of New York City May 31st. So everything is happening really fast. It's all happening. Uh, and that's kind of the transition season that we're in right now. And uh, Quinn is kind of just like doing some odd, like odd end research stuff. Yeah, right I'm now doing some research. Graduate. I'm doing some tutoring. I'm doing some uh, mm-hmm. essay editing, yeah. uh, advising, just like different stuff that I do here yeah. and there. And then I'm an integrative medicine IV infusion nurse. So I am my last day at my current job in New York City will be on the 26th of may and then we'll be packing and leaving and uh i think i'm going to take two weeks you know to get settled in the house and then hopefully start my employment working part-time if you listen to the last podcast there's more information about why i'm looking for part-time part-time and per diem work as a nurse and what i want to do with my content creation journey so listen to that episode if you want to get caught up on my current feelings around all that stuff right all right so interviews yeah. Where do we want to start? Um, I think just what's your top, what's your, what's the most important thing to do to prepare for an interview on, from your perspective Yeah, in the medical field of things? I think both applicable to, bo- to, you know, applying to medical school and to residency is 
when you apply to both med school and residency, you have been working and doing various things building up to that. You've been doing research, you've been volunteering, you've been in the clinical setting shadowing. And as a med student, you know, you've been on your rotations, interacting with patients, learning from residents, and you've built up a lot of different experiences, kind of prepping you for that transition. And going back and reflecting on those past years and thinking back on all those experiences, I think it's really important because Mm -hmm. when you go into an interview for med school or residency A, they'll ask you directly, oh, we took a look at your application. We saw that you did this experience. Tell us more about that. And it'll be a really good opportunity for you to reflect on you know, what have you done? Um, what are the kind of patients that you've interacted with? If you volunteer, what was your role? What were you able to do there? What were you able to learn? And, you know, something that when I do my advising, I always tell people is to show, not tell. You mm-hmm. don't want to just say something to someone, oh, I'm really good at leading. You yeah. know, you want to give them an example of a time period where you led mm-hmm. so they can see, oh, I know from this story that he really does know how to lead because he's telling me or showing me with this story how he was able to accomplish that. And um, so that's why I feel like going back and thinking on all those experiences, you know, when I interviewed for residency, I was thinking of all the patients that I interacted with, not just the good stuff, a lot of the difficult times too, because, Mm -hmm. you know, they'll, they'll ask you about that. They'll say, what was the, you know, a time period where you had something difficult and how did you overcome it? Um, You know, there's lots of different ways to kind of showcase your, your talents and what you've learned. Yeah. So, I mean, before even talking about the, the meat and potatoes of the interview itself, Let's start about, let's talk about getting the interview. You know what Mm, I mean? They've looked at your resume. They've, they have a pool of applicants and they have decided that they want to interview you. Right. So going into that or, you know, answering that interview request email or scheduling that email or scheduling that interview, you should know like, oh, this employer or this program is already, you know, baseline interested in me. Right. Uh, So that should give you like a boost of confidence to be like, okay, like uh, I have the qualifications, the bare minimum qualifications that they are looking for to fill this role. And that's what I've learned as a nurse is like, I think we get a lot of, um, what's it called? When you're like, don't believe in yourself because you think everyone else has it like going on. Imposter syndrome. Yeah. (laughs) Imposter syndrome. Like we have a lot of imposter syndrome and we're like, oh, like I'm not qualified for this, especially when you're starting a job as a new grad nurse and you have zero real work experience. You just have clinical experience. It can be really easy to get in your head about it, but you have to know, like you have the experience that they are looking for else they wouldn't invite you for an interview. Mm. So I think just be confident in that respect that like, you know, you have the credentials and the experience that they are looking for to make this work, this role work. And you just really have to one display that you did all those things and you have all that experience under your belt or clinical experience under your belt. But two, what kind of person are you and how do you respond to certain situations that are going to be, um, in the best interest for that organization, um, or, you know, a good team player, a good representative of the institution, right. a successful long-term candidate. Right. And I think your point of 
having that confidence going into an interview is a really great thing to remind people of because especially with things like nursing or medicine, there are a lot of really, really smart people out there who have done some really incredible things. And I feel like a lot of times you may take a look back at your experiences or your resume or whatever and think, oh, I've done some stuff, but I haven't done as much as like that guy, you know? So he, he developed some cure to something and I've only volunteered. And, um, I, it's, it's just like important to remind yourself that the experiences that you have are really impactful. And just because you haven't made some world ending radical change doesn't mean that the the volunteering and the work and the research and interacting with patients on a day-to-day basis, like those are necessary aspects of medicine too. It's not all groundbreaking. And getting an interview and reminding yourself, okay, I got this interview because they're interested in it because I'm qualified for it will help you bring a lot more confidence to your interview. Because I feel like that's a big thing is like carrying yourself well. Yes. And when you start your interview, you know, take a deep breath. You're talking to another person. And uh, for the most part, a lot of times they're there to really learn about you. They're there to talk to you. They're not there to beat you down. And if you do find yourself in an interview where they're beating you down or they're really aggressive or then maybe that's not somewhere you would want to be, you know? So just coming in knowing like, this is going to be a human being. I'm going to talk to them. I get to share all the things that I'm passionate about. And they interviewed me because they wanted to Yeah, are, are all really important things. My tip, I think, or I'm just right now reflecting on what I did during nursing school um, to help me remember certain patient interactions and scenarios because a lot of interviews in healthcare are going to be like behavioral based. Like they want to see how you would respond to certain situations to make sure that you're compassionate, you're a team player, you are empathetic, you work well under pressure, like all these other, all these things, the characteristics they're looking for um, as a good candidate for the role. They are sometimes going to want to know or they're going to want you to be able to recall situations, specific situations that you've had and how you navigated them to reflect those qualities and characteristics they're looking for. So in nursing school, um, during clinicals, I would, if I had an experience where I was like, oh, this would be great to uh, answer the question of like, how do you prioritize between two patients that need care at the same time? Uh, I would write that down in my notes app on my iPhone and just like keep like little logs of like things that I was thinking to myself like, oh, this would be really good to share in an interview someday. Um, Like if you needed to participate in a rapid response or a code and how you participated in the team. And you want to, like Quinn said before, instead of just explaining the situation, you want to show, highlight your exact role in the situation and how it made you think, how it made you feel, and how it made you respond. Right. And how that creates the the footprint or the blueprint for how you're going to respond in their institution. Um, so I remember utilizing that because when I was in nursing school in my senior year, I actually applied to NP school to go straight through. Um, and I was accepted. And the interview was a little intense because I'm applying to NP school and I don't have any real work experience yet. And they did ask me specific uh, patient questions because they are looking for who you are as a person and not necessarily just whoever has the most work experience. Right. Um, 
So I used my notes app and the experiences that I had to answer the specific questions. Uh, and you know, I, I ended up getting in. So that, you know, process kind of worked for me as a tip. And then I will say just another general, cause we're still in kind of talking about general ideas in, right. in terms of interview tips right now, um, researching the institution yeah. and who you're interviewing with, what the nurse manager or whatever physician or, you know, um, medical officer or whatever, who you, whoever you're interviewing with, if you can get any information about them. Um, that is so key to know what their interests are and what their experience is because you can always work that into the interview. Right. And I've had in multiple interviews, the interviewer asked me what I know about the position, which is a way for them to kind of guide their, you know, responsive because they're going to want to tell you about the position. But, um, it's also a way for you to show that you're passionate and you care about the position. If you go into an interview and you don't know anything about like right. what the role is, like say it's a, you know, a med surge job and you like aren't able to say anything about the floor or what specialties are rotating through there. Like it just doesn't look good because right. you didn't take the time to like, you know, learn about the practice yeah i've interviewed with smaller practices not larger organizations like not larger hospitals and that's especially true they want to know oh you took time to look over the staff and look over the patients that we treat um that type of thing and what what we do the the interest goes both ways you know a, a job wants to know that you want to work there as much as they want you to work there you know, a med school or residency, they want to know that you want to come to their program as much as they would want you to come to their program. Right. And I feel like to some people outside of medicine to say, Oh, like look up where you're applying ahead of time. People, some people may be like, what do you mean? Of course, like I'm applying to a company. I, I must know about it. But, but also just keep in mind with medicine, especially for like med school or NP school or I mean residency, you apply to a lot of different programs all at once because mm-hmm. it's so competitive. You have to. It's, it's expected. And a lot of times, you know, you can get mixed up. You know, you're applying to a lot of different programs. You're looking at all their qualifications. Just take a step. You know, if you get your interview, look back at the program and remember, okay, this is the program that had this aspect that I really liked and it had this part that I really liked. And absolutely, like you said, what's the name of the interviewer? Look them up. Oh, great. They're from my hometown or, oh, they're from the area I grew up or, oh, uh, you know, they're interested in this thing that I'm also interested in. It makes it feel more personal. Honestly, it makes it easier to interview because now you have, you know, you have something to talk about it. There'll never be a dull moment because you can always bring up, um, you know, their interests or something about them. Um, and it really just shows that you care, you know, it'll make you stand out from other people who don't put in Mm -hmm. that extra effort. so. So the research that I do before an interview is always trying to learn more about who is going to be interviewing me exactly. Uh, recently I had an interview with, like a few members of the team all at the same time through zoom. So, you know, in that situation, it's, it's, it's extremely important to know who you're going to be talking to and who kind of plays the biggest part in what their decision is going to be about you as, as a future employee or student of them. Um, and then the second thing that I do in terms of research to prepare for an interview is look at the mission statement and values of that institution, program, 
or employer because I can't tell you how much it blows them away when you say, when they ask you, why are you a good fit for us? Or why do you think you're a a good fit for us? For you to say, oh, well, your value is, um, you know, compassion and education and um, I don't know what else. Um, leadership. Okay, yep. they love leadership. Right. So we were a, a top nation leader in healthcare. You know, so for you to say, oh well, this is these are your values, and I believe through my experience through X, Y, and Z, and um, through my you know personal temperament and emotional intelligence and X, Y, and Z and research experience and my career trajectory and passions this is why my values line up with yours and why i feel i would be a good fit at your institution to represent you to the best of my ability when they when you talk about it just not being about yourself but about you representing an institution or a program they they love that right you know and i'm not just saying that to manipulate the interviewer i'm just saying that to be very honest and transparent about what they are looking for in a candidate. Sure. Yeah. No, um, none of this is about manipulation or like yeah, getting Yeah. You're not the edge. right fit for a job. You're not the right fit. Like yeah. nothing you say is going to change that. But Because in the process of looking at the aspects of the company or program or whatever that you like and want to talk about in an interview, you may realize like, oh, this, this actually might not be a great fit. Right. Or you might realize I've like, oh, wow, yeah. I could talk for ages about all the things I like about this program. It's re- it ticks all the boxes. So it's, it's about making your interview and conversation, you know, kind of convey to both of you your fit at their program. Yeah. Um, so. So now I want to talk about the two questions that I think Quinn and I have gotten asked at every single interview that we've ever done for our field. I know that's saying a lot, but truly I've gotten this interview question every single time. One, um, tell me about yourself. That's yes. Classic. Yes. Tell me about yourself. What's your elevator pitch, right? And number two, tell me why you became a doctor or mm. tell me why you became a nurse. Those are mm. always the first two questions I get every single interview that I've ever done. Right. Or in the radiology field, why radiology? That's a, sure. that's a big one. When you go, when you specialize, when you specialize. Like, and you're saying like, why right. surgery or why dermatology, that type of thing. But it's essentially the same yeah. question. Tell me about your, so when someone asks you, tell me about yourself, what, what do you, what's your go-to? Cause it's such a weird, like open-ended question, you know? It's oh, like, yeah. What, what I mean, so mean? I think, so they saw your resume and now they're looking for you to kind of put the pieces together, right? Like a puzzle, like you, you gave them all the puzzle pieces as your resume, you went to school there, you, you did this internship, you did, had this clinical experience, whatever, whatever, whatever. They want you to add the humanistic aspect to that, just those puzzle pieces and, and kind of give them the glue to kind of put the theory, the process together. I guess that's how I see it. And so I give them a little bit of background about me as a person and say, you know, I'm, I'm from Florida. I went to a nursing school in Florida, moved to New York for my, uh, you know, husband to go to medical school here. Um, I just, just like literally like 30 second background about like kind of where you're from, that type of thing. And then immediately I go into, I, you know, became a nurse because this, this X, Y, and Z reason, um, because of my passion for this, because I love helping people because I love science, but I love the humanistic touch of it. Like this is like 
just kind of the things that I kind of bring together so that they can see why am I sitting at their desk right now? That's yep. kind of what they want to know is like, what brought you to sitting across from me during right. at this interview? Right. Why are you here talking to me? So I give them a brief little one, two, three about why I became a nurse, why I love what I do. And then I show them what kind, what kind of nurse that I am hmm. because you know, there are some jobs where you can have just any old person off the street with a, B- a BSN RN degree do. But I find that most employers are looking for a very specific type of personality. And when you work in smaller practices like I have, the, inter- the interpersonal communication skills are just essential. And the emotional IQ is essential. So you need to show them, you know, what your philosophy essentially is right. in terms of whatever niche you're going into. Right. Yeah, and then I give them maybe like a quick little trajectory of what my long-term growth plans are. And that really depends on the context of the situation. But if I'm looking at an employer who has roles available for RNs and NPs, I will tell them Mm, I'm a nurse. This is my long-term career goal. And I would love to be at an institution where they can encourage my growth and I can continue to represent the institution well. Right. across multiple fields you know if they only are looking for an rn role i might save that until they ask me what are my long-term goals right you know because if they're that you know that comes with situation so how about you um it's it's pretty similar i mean i always start with i kind of go back to like basics like um, i'm from south florida born and raised yeah you know like I, i i like to I sort of like to give the path to medicine and how my interest grew and changed, you know, talking about coming from South Florida, growing up there, meeting my wife there, you know, we were high school sweethearts. We came to New York to study medicine, you know, as I was in medical school, my interactions with patients and attendings, you know, kind of influenced my interest in radiology, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, I go into more detail than that, but I kind of like take them along the journey of my life from where I'm from to, to how I got there. Mm-hmm. Um, because I agree with you, you know, they can look at your application and see everything you wrote down, but to give them like a little bit of your story mm-hmm. paints the picture of who you are yeah. as a person. Especially if there's like a meaningful reason, like, a, right. like, oh, my father was diagnosed with ALS and he died and that's what drove my passion. You know what I mean? I didn't have any specific story like that to tie right. into right. my why, but you know, that would be a good element to bring in if that fits your scenario. Yeah. And most people don't have a story, you know, right. and I think a lot of people, um, it's, it's kind of weird because a lot of stories are very tragic that led people mm-hmm. to medicine. And then if you don't have a story, you feel like almost insecure about it yeah. because you feel like you need a story <laughs> like that. And that's kind of a weird thing to, right. to be jealous of because yeah. tragedy is, is horrible and no one should have to experience it. Um, but just to kind of like explain what I'm trying to say is it doesn't matter how you landed on medicine. It doesn't matter how you decided. It's as long as you have a good reason, really. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like maybe you observe someone who changed your life. Maybe you went primary care appointment, you scraped your knee and some doctor just treated you like a human and you've never you know felt such kindness in your life before for me i always talk about how my i had like an idea that i wanted to be a doctor but 
when when I got that idea, I think I was in like middle school. So what do I know as a, as a middle schooler? Right, that's but, not a good enough reason. <laughs> yeah, but that that idea grew, right? Because I started to pursue it, and once I got into high school, I got into sciences and started volunteering, and I really loved helping people, and I really enjoyed learning more and being able to answer people's questions and make them feel more comfortable. And then I got into college, and I started doing more volunteering and interacting with patients, and was able to have these you know, amazing conversations and really see the impact of what I was doing and my volunteering on them. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of times can be a very long process. And to answer that question of, you know, tell us about yourself, we'll let you sort of showcase that. And if you truly are in this field because you're truly passionate about it, that is going to come out on its own through the spark that you have talking about it. Like I know when Quinn talks about mentoring other people and like he just said he loves having the answer for people and being able to like walk them through things and comfort them like I I when he loves that and I could see when he's talking about it that he really enjoys that and that's going to come through to the interviewer when you're being honest and real I think the way not to answer this question is to just say oh I'm from South Florida um you know I've became a nurse because I like helping people and um I wanted to you know work in med search right and or oh my I have a dog and um I like my favorite food is peanut butter and like that's not the that's not what they're looking for in terms of they don't really care as much about like what's going on in your social life and like you know yeah how it relates to what you're interviewing they want to see who you are as a person and kind of what how, how you got to be there right and then the next question, tell me why you wanted to become a doctor. Yeah. Tell me, that's like such a, you know, that's what a lot of people struggle with that question, I think. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I touched on it a little bit just now, but it, it was, it was an interest, you know, for a lot of people, it's the natural combination of a desire to help people and an interest in science. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people naturally put those two things together and they're like, how do I do that? As a doctor, great. Right. And, um, you know, so you could form that idea, and that, and that's great. But, again, that's something that developed in me as I continued to pursue it. You know, I spent yeah. some time in research labs. I spent some time doing basic science research, which a lot of people do and love, and they're changing the world because all of medicine and technology depends on the research that people do, and it's really incredible. Right. I realized it wasn't for me and that's fine because you know, we need people to do it and we need people not to do it. And, um, so I thought, okay, well I'm I'm not really too interested in research, but I still love science. I still want to help people. Great. You know, let's continue pursuing medicine and volunteering, being in a clinical setting, shadowing, you know, doctors that really showed you how to do it right. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about my interest in mentoring and a lot of my interest is, from my experience having bad mentors Mm. and having people who did not help me and left me feeling lost. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm not trying to kind of knock anyone down or point anyone out. I feel like, you know, things happen. People are busy. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on in people's life. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. It was just put a desire in me to do it and do it right. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, I, I felt really lost during this time period. I don't want anyone to feel that way. So I want to be a mentor who's able to prevent that from happening. You know, right. a lot of the essay editing and the tutoring and, you know, advising that I do is because I was really lost during that time period. And I wish someone would have showed me how to do it. Um, 
So, you know, a lot of my experience is shadowing and seeing doctors so, really be good people was another big reason yeah. why I wanted to, you know, pursue medicine. So when you're going to a medical student or an MD interview or a residency interview, I think, you know, since healthcare has so many roles in it specifically, there's RN, NP, PA, MD, you can be a pharmacist, you can be a... Um, an OT, you can be a physiotherapist. Like there are so many roles and just liking science and wanting to help people is not going to make, you know, it's not, they want to know why specifically you've chosen the role of a doctor, an Mm. MD or DO um, and why I spoke, I specifically chose in a nurse, you know, to become a nurse and not maybe a respiratory therapist or, you know, a, a di- whatever different field. And so really kind of highlighting your experiences to kind of focus in on that, mm-hmm. I think is powerful, especially when you're trying to convince a medical st- school or a nursing school to let you in right. because there's so many applicants. Right. They want people that really so want to be a, a physician, you know, not someone that's going to be satisfied or can't really tell you what made them choose that right. path versus just, you know, becoming a, a physician associate. See how I, associate. Yeah, no, that's, that's the proper yeah. name. Well, or, or like or you know, an NP, or... determining who's in it for the wrong reasons too. Some people. Uh, my my dad's a doctor and he has a good right. lifestyle. I can't tell you how many people I've heard that from. And there's nothing. Let me let me preface this because I don't want to make people mad. There's nothing wrong with pursuing medicine because a family member mm-hmm. is in medicine. I personally think you're in it for the wrong reasons if you feel like you have to because they're a doctor. Well, they are, so I have to. That is, A, no one should put that on you. No one should ever tell you you need to do something because I did it. And if you experience that, I really am, am sorry because no one should ever tell you you should pursue the things that you're passionate about. But also, medicine is a very hard path. Nursing, medicine, anything is a very hard path. And if you're in it because someone else told you to or because you feel like someone else pressuring you to, it makes it a hundred times worse. And that is that when they're looking at a student that is going to not only matriculate, but stay in school for four years accumulating debt for four years and then hopefully going to be passionate enough to apply to residency and get in like they need someone who is extremely aware of why they're they want to become a doctor yeah because if you don't have a good enough reason it will eat you alive the process yeah because it's brutal and let me tell you if you know there are better ways to make money than becoming a physician there are if you're not passionate about being on your investment better returns on your investment than becoming a physician and i I guarantee you that almost every doctor will tell you that because of how long you delay making money for and how much debt that you will it's hard it's hard work and if you don't love it i'm just saying that because a lot of people think about the field and they think about the money and that's for sure you know for sure and i you know uh, like there's nothing wrong with wanting a good lifestyle but um, lifestyle shouldn't be your entire focus. It's, it's okay to want balance and want. Like, oh, it's a good okay lifestyle. to want nice things and want money and, and get deserve you know want good pay for what you do. Absolutely, but it shouldn't be your entire focus when you're taking care of other people. Sure, because yeah. the patient's care should go first. Right, absolutely. you know. Um, so yeah. Um, I guess we'll talk about. I, well, I guess I'm, becoming a nurse, you know, is very similar. Like yeah. you want to show. What experiences brought you to that 
and why you chose to become a nurse instead of maybe a physician or another role. Um, and what we do has a lot to do with the holistic aspect of taking care of people and right. being a caretaker. And so that is kind of maybe what I choose to mention uh, when I talk about becoming a nurse, because I love the the patient interfacing. I love the relationship that I build with patients because of the time that I have with them and the value of human touch is means everything to me hmm. when I can be in an emotional moment with a patient who's going really going through something and I can put my hand, I can hold their hand or put my, you know, hand on their shoulder and stand in that moment with them. That is truly what I feel like I've, you know, been put on this planet to do sometimes. Right. And as a physician, a lot of times you guys don't have the time to do that. Yeah. And it's not really, um, obviously you, you can and you do, but it's not, it's not going to be something that you're doing as often as I am. For, for sure. sure. For sure. And, um, this is the relationship that you build with people as a nurse. You know, it's just incredibly powerful. Um, you know, it is a humbling job for sure. So your heart has to be in the right place and you can always talk about that and, you know, how you're ready to be in a position where you can take care of people right. and have the humility to do that because you're going to have some sites that are not very pretty and experiences that you wish you rather weren't in. But um, that comes to the territory of the job. Right. So explaining that is i think is powerful yeah so next we'll talk about your body language during an interview and um kind of how to you know dressing professionally and um i think these are things that really are understated because uh, people aren't people aren't conscious of their body language a lot of times Mm. that's what i notice i'm someone that kind of rate was raised on reading body language right it's very innate to me um, if that's a coping mechanism, you know, you can decide, but, um, what, anyways, understanding body language is, is key. Yeah. And, uh, especially because a lot of interviews now are being done through zoom. Mm, I just yeah. had a, I've had a few zoom interviews over the past few weeks and I'll tell you, you know, just sitting up straight and putting your shoulders back and having your head, you know, head confident, not too high, not too low, obviously, making eye contact with the people speaking and, and through, you know, Zoom, you have to like look at the camera and not look at your picture. I know we all want to like look at our picture, but you want to look at the camera or you want to look at, you know, the person who's talking on your Zoom. Right. <laughs> you know, and just, I know it's really distracting to like want to look at yourself the whole time. But um, make sure, you know, your hair is in place and everything. But you want to, like, look at the camera, right? right? Is that what you did? Yeah, I would try as best I could to move um, to move their little, like, picture mm-hmm. uh, on the oh, video call the to, camera. like, near the camera so that I could essentially do both. It looked okay. like I looked at them. Yes. Um, and, like, you know, obviously smiling. I feel like professionalism is often mixed up with uh, being, like, ultra serious or, like, straight face like don't show any emotion like that's professional Uh, to me a lot of professional is like showing kindness smiling you know really showing genuine interest in in being in the conversation learning the person's name and and saying their name right like oh dr so-and-so or mr mrs so-and-so or whatever it's great to meet you you know it's sort of one of those things that's like yeah duh you're talking to someone you should say their name to some people but interviews are nerve-wracking like you get into the interview and i'm like 
um, I I want to be a doctor because it is like yeah. it's really easy to just jump <laughs> just right into it. People. Yeah, when instead you should be like, oh, you know, doctor so and so. It's really thank you. I thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I really appreciate being here. Right? Yeah. Like it's something as and simple I, as especially that. Especially with a Zoom interview, like okay, you at you join the chat and your heart is like racing, right? And like your heart's pumping, and you know, you hope that nobody else is in there and it's just you and then the other person the host will join or whatever and you know what do you do when you're kind of waiting and like the person just joins just say hi and try to make like small talk conversation with them you know what i mean right like i've been in that situation before like recently too where it's like oh we're you know we're in this chat and we're waiting for someone else to join you know what do we talk about it's right. like oh how are you doing you know where are you from Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Just, you know, casual, be a real human being. Yeah. And now that my current employer is, um, you know, hiring people, I've, you know, and I've been at the practice for a while, I've, I've kind of, you know, been in that decision process with my employer in terms of hiring new staff. So I kind of get a little of the behind the scenes right. of how they make their decisions. And um, I'll tell you, Sitting up straight, leaning a little forward like you're interested in the conversation, making direct eye contact and smiling like a natural smile, not like a creepy smile, but right. like a natural smile and like nodding and making eye contact. That goes so far because you would be surprised how many of the other applicants will not be doing that one basic thing that you can't control. So if you're nervous about talking and saying the right thing, the one thing that you can get right is by sitting up straight, leaning in a little bit, smiling, nodding your head, making direct eye contact. Just show your show that you're confident, you're excited to be there, you're enthusiastic about the role, and you are very interested in what the person across of you has to say. Right. You don't want to be leaning back, looking around the room, God forbid, looking at your phone, or just acting like you don't care. Like you, you just, if you can get that one thing right, you're already going to be way far above the other candidates. And I can tell you that's the honest truth. So, yeah. And then dressing professionally, you know, obviously we all have a different idea of dressing professionally. I would say, you know, that doesn't mean you have to go and spend a lot of money. I know that for me, especially during nursing school and money was tight you know, I, I didn't have a bunch of interview outfits, right? (laughs) So it's definitely something that you want to invest in just some basic neutral colors, you know, something professional, um, obviously not too short, uh, length, you know, skirt or something like that. Um, so my thing, when I interview, I get really red in my chest. This is just like a hot tip. I get really red in my chest and I don't want to sit there having, anxiety or worrying that I'm going to get red in my chest. Mm. So I end up wearing a higher cut shirt and that works for me. You know what I mean? Like do do you right. do you, but I like to wear a higher cut shirt so that I don't worry about my, like my chest and my face getting red. Right. And then I always wear a blazer or something like that. Right. Um, you know, if you're wearing like kind of like a, a, a business dress, you know, whatever. But I just like to really show that I, you know, I took time to prepare right. for this interview. My hair is, um, you know, combed through. I've, I've put, you know, a presentable amount of makeup on, whatever that is to you that's individual. Right. But um, I just like to 
show that you know I cared about this and I and I put an effort to be here. Yeah, and also if you come from a cultural background where um, the ideas of like professional dress, professional hairstyles, kind of differ from I guess like the American norm. Sure. Um, you know, don't you know stick to that. And if and if <laughs> right. a, if a program or if a company finds certain things unprofessional that are part of your culture, don't you know don't back off of that. And, you know, it may not be a good fit for you to work there then. Cause right. I think I had a lot of people in my program that, um, you know, I had uh, one of my friends was from Nigeria and a lot of like the dress that they wear, I don't want to name anything cause I'm going to butcher it. And, you know, I don't know too much about it, but a lot of the dress that he would wear for, you know, interviews and such were different from hmm. the American norm, but he was able That's to do really that at the program he ended up at. And I, I know that was really important to him and I'm very oh. glad that he found that. So, you know, stick to that and don't don't let weird american norms of what's professional stop you from expressing expressing yourself and your culture or being respectful to your religious values or or whatever um that's a great point yeah i like that you brought that up yeah um oh let's talk about to close this let's talk about interview questions to ask the interviewer at the end of the interview yeah these like no one I mean people are paying attention to it now I feel like it's more of a recent topic of conversation at least I've seen on TikTok and Instagram but um, you can really wow an interviewer by asking them the right questions that are thought provoking Um, so we pulled up some examples of that Uh, personally if you're looking at a nursing job I like to ask uh, what is you know what is the day-to-day flow right. of someone in this role as, right. an, as one of your nurses uh what is it just what does it look like to work here from you know the, the start of the shift to the end of the shift because i want an idea of like what my day would look like and then um secondly i think it's really important especially in nursing is to ask them what their retention rate is because if i would have done that for my first two jobs, I may have not taken them right? <laughs> because the retention rate was very poor. And your retention rate is basically, you know, how many of your staff, your nurses stay after the first year or, you know, up until the first year or after the first year. Right. Um, and why is this important? It speaks to how the organization values nurses and values their staff and cares about making them happy and supported. And if they're not doing that, nurses are going to leave. So for whatever reason they do leave, it's good to know that, you know, this is a high turnover place. And whenever you say high turnover, it peaks, you know, everyone's ears go up like, oh, they were doing something wrong. Right. Because if you get nurses leaving in droves, like something is going on. Uh, So I always, I like to ask that question because I want them to know, like, I'm looking to work somewhere for the long term and I want to be sustainably happy. And I want to know if if this is a good fit for me because I know my worth and I know what I have to bring to the table. And if they aren't valuing their employees, then I don't want to be a part of that institution. So that's another great question I like from a nursing standpoint. Yeah. I like to ask, I mean, this is just coming, coming from my residency interviews. I always like to ask... If there is a problem 
with, you know, if, if residents have a problem with something in the program or they're having trouble with things that aren't directly addressed by the program, how do you address those concerns? Or like, give me an example of a time where uh, the faculty, the administration helped solve an issue for its students or for the mm. residents. Because that's, that's really important. You know, things happen. Um, I think, especially for residency, a lot is changing in terms of work hours and treatment and mental health. And a lot of programs are really working hard to fix a lot of those issues. And to me, it's very important to see if there's a problem among the residents or if there's something that they think needs to be addressed. Is the program addressing it? You know, for example, a lot of programs, uh, you know, you'll be staying up late or be working 24 hour shifts or late at night. A lot of programs um, said, oh, well, students felt uncomfortable driving home after a long shift. So we instituted a program where they can get, you know, a free ride Mm. or we'll pay for a taxi or we'll pay for an Uber. That way you don't have to drive home. Um, So things like that to me are very important because it shows that the program is always looking to improve and there is back and forth conversation between the residents and the administration. So it feels more like a team than, oh, well, we're, we're in charge and we tell you what to do and you just have to deal with it. Yeah. You know, I, I would like it to be more collaborative yeah. um, of an environment. So I always like to ask, uh, how would you describe the culture of your workplace or your unit or your practice? I think, you know, this allows the interviewer to tell me honestly, like how they would describe um, just the cohesion of the staff and um how people work together uh i like to obviously everyone is going to want to put their best foot forward and say the best thing they can um but i always like to look at people's body language and their eye contact when they're telling me their response to this because mm. i can tell by that if they're being honest or not right. and truthful uh because there are going to be units that have a really bad culture <laughs> and that is just the straight up truth right like, there there there's nurse nurse to nurse bullying there is um you know what's it called horizontal and vertical you know issues with communication between the residents or the physicians and and the nurses between the nurses and the cnas or pcts uh they're short-staffed people are you know patients are constantly complaining about x y and z so you know if they're if they're not being honest you're going to be able to tell in their you know how long it takes them to come up with their answer (laughs) number one if they're not just oh my gosh we all love each other and we're family and and it looks genuine you know you're going to be able to tell. So I like asking that question. And then if you're looking to grow your career and and you want opportunities for continued education, you might ask, oh, you know, what opportunities are there within the institution for my career growth? And um, I think my last question that I'll say Hmm. is this one really, really, I think employers like, and it's, how do you define success in this role? Hmm. What what does it look like to you for someone, for a candidate to be successful in this role? Because I'm asking them, am I the right fit? Right. You know, I need to know your answer so that I can see if my personality, what I have to bring to the table, my skills, my assets are going to be a right fit for you. Right. And you'll be able to see, oh, they, they actually care about quality work and right. not just bringing another body into here right. you know, to fill this role. Right. Because there will be institutions that just care about filling a role. 
I've worked for them. Yeah. So um, you, you'll be able to tell, oh, you know, this is how we evaluate success. This is what we look for. We do quarter in, or uh, semi-annual or annual reviews of our staff. Um, and, and those reviews will ask you certain questions about your performance. Um, you know, those are the types of answers that you're looking for from that end. All right. And that's it. And any last questions for you that you would ask? Um, I mean, that's that one question is always the most like general question that I ask. The what majority that I talked about before where, um, you know, the, give me an example of a time where the administration solved the problem. Um, the rest of my questions are usually more program specific. Right. You know, um, I'll mm-hmm. ask the interview. What's your favorite aspect of this program? What mm-hmm. drew you to this program? Why did you come and work here? Because um, a lot of times, you know, the people that interview me were residents at the program and then came back. And I always like to know what, what brought you back. You know, you, obviously you like the program so much that you wanted to stay. You know, tell me about that. Or I'll ask them something specific about their career or their interests. Just to, just to show that I'm interested in them as much as they're interested in me. You yeah. know, because when you interview with someone and you, you know, if you get into the program or you start to work there, they are going to become a coworker or yeah. a boss, right? So mm-hmm. are is there is are they someone I would like to interact with? Are they right. someone who shares the same passions as me? Are they right. someone who loves this program and you know I'm 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 going to be able to feel that excitement and passion for the program too? You know, I, those are the kind of people I want to surround myself with. Right. Um, and a lot of times, you know, there are certain things about a program that I really like, and I want to know a little bit more. Right. Oh, I see you have a mentoring program. Can you tell me more about how that works? Oh, I see you have this program that you know, is, um, teaching residents how to be educators, you know, tell me more about that. Mm -hmm. How can I get involved? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's going to be like kind of tailored to my specific interests, but uh, asking them to go a little bit deeper than a lot of times you can find on their website. Yeah. So, and I hear this time and time again, just to circle back to being a new grad nurse without a lot of experience and not really knowing, you know, how you're going to answer questions in a nurse interview. Um, I hear this from my you know, prospective employers interviewing me all the time is that they can teach a nurse or a new grad nurse or nurse grad how to do nursing skills. They cannot teach a nursing student or a new grad how to have empathy, how right. to have emotional intelligence, right. how to have good interpersonal communication, how to show, to show up to work consistently and on time. They cannot teach someone that. That is who you are as a person. And that is not going to change, you know, after you get board certified after the last of your name, right? So they want you to show them that. They want to show, they want them to show you your emotional intelligence, that you're, you know, the person that is going to be the best fit for their team. Because they're not just caring about you as an individual, but they want to see how you're going to mesh with their team. Right. So that's just the perspective to take is that, you know, don't worry about, you know, if it's a new grad role or you're applying for nurse residency program, especially if you're applying for nurse residency program, that should really take the pressure off you because all of the people interviewing, they're going to know that you're new. They're going to know that you don't right. have work experience. It's right. going to be okay. Um, highlight what you actionably did during nursing school uh, to show that you can care for patients right. and be a team player. Right. That's just the best advice I have. You know, use those action terms like what you what you actually did and that's that i hope you get the job yeah i do and you know what if you don't get the job that's because it wasn't meant for you exactly so you don't have to worry about it that's the process i'm going through right now so don't worry about it 
When one it's door not, closes, another yeah, door opens. It's not for you. And maybe you're searching and you're striving and manipulating and you're looking at the job postings on Indeed or LinkedIn right now or ZipRecruiter and you're not seeing anything. Don't worry about it. The right thing is coming to you at the right time. You know, it's, you have to trust that it's going to work out. Yeah. And a lot of nurses that want to leave the bedside and want to look for other jobs before a year ask me, oh, I'm so worried, like I won't find another job. I'm saying if it's for your mental health and you feel like you're not a good fit at your employer anymore and it's killing you to go to work, just leave. You will find another job. What's meant for you will come to you. You shouldn't sacrifice your mental health and your quality of life for a job ever. You know, do it. It's going to be okay if you leave before a year. I'm glad that I stayed my year. I think it allowed me to have more job job opportunities, but it's not the end of the world. You'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. Life goes on. You know what I mean? Kind of have to have that philosophy with things. Yeah, I like that. And then shortly, just some things that I have in the link in my bio that might interest you. Yeah. Um, I just released my IV guide. So if you want to work on your intravenous therapy skills, go hit it up. Link in my bio, or I'll put it in the show notes. Also, I came out with a... Um, journal prompt or like a digital journal for healthcare workers to do before your shift. So a pre-shift template and a post-shift template. So to help you get grounded, feel peace, you know, get your mental health on point before and after your shift. And the templates are specifically for healthcare workers. So that's a digital journal. It's also on my Etsy storefront and I'll link it below. Um, If you're interested in natural cycles, which is the uh, non-hormonal form of family planning that we use personally uh it's an app that you know you take your temperature every morning i have the aura ring which works with natural cycles so i don't have to physically take my oral temperature every day my ring does it and automatically imports the data to the app and it tracks your cycle and your fertility status um it's very very effective if used correctly and it's actually fda not approved it's FDA. It, I don't know what the terminology is, but it's a form of non-hormonal birth control if you're interested. And then um, what else? I have Vary. If you're interested in tracking your blood sugar continuously, if you feel like you're, you know, if you're pre-diabetic or maybe type 2 diabetic um, or just feel like you have really low energy throughout the day or energy spikes and crashes, you don't sleep well. Um, maybe you're trying to work on your diet and you're curious how certain foods affect your blood sugar and your overall metabolic health, uh, go to the link in my bio for Vary because it's a continuous glucose monitor. You put it on for one time. It doesn't hurt. Scan it through Bluetooth to your phone and it gives you your blood sugar readings and you can get $30 off by using my link. And then what else? I don't know. That's it. I think that's it. I probably have more stuff in my bio, but... I don't have any links. No links for Quinn. Nope. But... You can support both of us by using my links, especially my Amazon uh, storefront. If you're interested, I have all the things that I love in my current life. I'm going to come out with an April's favorite video soon. So look forward to that. Nice. I just revamped like my whole skincare routine. So pretty exciting. Very exciting. All right, guys, have a great week and we'll see you when we see you. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.